Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Judges, chapter 7, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. From Max Lucado, from his book, In the Eye of the Storm, And the story is, Chippy the parakeet never saw it coming. One second he was peacefully perched in his cage, the next he was sucked in, washed up, and blown over. The problem began when Chippy's owner decided to clean Chippy's cage with a vacuum cleaner. She removed the attachment from the end of the hose and stuck it in the cage. The phone rang and she picked it up. She barely said hello when (laughs) Chippy got sucked in. The bird owner gasped, put down the phone, turned off the vacuum, and opened the bag. And there was Chippy, still alive but stunned. Since the bird was covered with dust and soot, she grabbed him and she raced him to the bathroom, turned on the faucet, and held Chippy under the running water. Then realizing that Chippy was soaked and shivering, she did what any compassionate bird owner would do. She reached for her blow dryer and she blasted the bird with hot air. Poor Chippy never knew what hit him. A few days after the trauma, the reporter, who initially written about the event, contacted Chippy's owner to see how the bird was recovering. Well, she replied, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. He just sits and stares. Chippy was sucked in, washed up, and blown over. You know, I don't know about you, but maybe you feel sucked in, washed up, and blown over. Maybe after talking Sunday morning, we're talking about the trials and the tribulations that come in the lives of Christians. And you thought, man, I feel sucked in, washed up, and blown over. Well, good news. Every godly man and woman in the Bible felt the same way. Tonight, we're going to talk about one such a person. His name is Gideon. Before we do that, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your love, for your grace, for your peace, for your comfort. Father, even when we feel sucked in and washed up and blown over, Lord Jesus, you are there to sustain us and to hold us up with the word of your power. And Father, we know, Jesus, you are able to say, peace be still to the storms of our lives. And they are still and they are calm. And for that, Lord, we thank you. We bless you tonight, and we love you, and we're glad to be in the house of the Lord. Amen, saints? And Lord, we just want to give our hearts to you again. Lord, we want to give our minds to you again. Even tonight, as we gather around the word, we want to give attention to it as we worship you and hear what you have to say. Change our lives, Lord. Teach us by your word to be faithful, fearless men and women of God. For your glory, we ask. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all agree and said? Now give the Lord a hand. Would you do that? Thank you, Lord. 
And um, if it's your first time here, I'm, I'm glad you're here tonight. And uh, we like to hug people here at Calvary, so hug each other and we'll get going here. Talking about being sucked in, washed up, and blown over. I thought of that as I read Judges chapter 6 and chapter 7. Gideon was feeling a bit sucked in, washed up, and blown over. And if you haven't been with us, or you have been with us, you know that the Midianites, give me your attention, the Midianites are oppressing God's people. And these guys are brutal, and they are cruel, and they're oppressing God's people. And the people of God, they are fearful. They are so fearful in chapter 6 that they are hiding in dens and in caves. Very fearful of the Midianites. And Gideon was hiding, not in the dens and not in the caves. Gideon was, Gideon was hiding in the wine press. Remember I told you the wine press was at the bottom of the hill. And the threshing floor was at the top of the hill. Gideon is in the wine press threshing wheat. We talked about this last time. Being in the wine press and threshing wheat is not good. It's a problem. He's finding himself working very, very hard to get wheat and very, very little results because you don't thresh wheat in the wine press. You thresh wheat on the threshing floor, which is at the top of the hill, so the wind can catch it as you throw it up. And, and so Gideon is in bad shape. Gideon is sweating. Sticky wheat all over you and in the wine press and it's hot and he's there and he's fearful and he's afraid and he's feeling sucked in and he's feeling washed up and all the while thinking to himself, I'm a coward. I'm afraid to go to the hilltop. And it was at that very moment of him thinking, I'm a coward. I'm afraid to go to the hilltop. All the people are afraid, and so am I afraid. The angel of the Lord, the Bible says, which we call a Christophany, that's your word for today, which means an appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. So the angel of the Lord shows up and he says, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. And I know I wasn't there. But I know that Gideon looked around and he's like, who, is there somebody else here? Me? I'm not a mighty man of valor. I'm scared. I'm afraid. And so are all the people. And so the angel of the Lord shows up and he says, Gideon's a mighty man of valor. He's the unlikely suspect. And he goes on to say, that Gideon, I'm going to use you to overcome the Midianites. And Gideon starts arguing with the Lord. Well, who am I, he says. He says, I'm, my family's the least family of all the tribes, and I'm the least within my tribe. I'm the least of the least, and he's arguing about who he is. And here's a secret. And this is what Gideon learned, or this is what Gideon will learn tonight. And we're going to learn together. It is not about who you are. Gideon, it's not about who I am. It's about whose I am. Say amen. You understand? It's about I belong to God. I am a child of God. And anything that happens good in my life, and anything that God does with my life, to God be the glory. It's all about him. We do it for him, in him, through him, because of him. And without him, you can do nothing. Now, we need to understand that. 
Without the Lord, we can do nothing. Now, let me tell you something in the Greek language. Are you ready for this? In the Greek language, nothing means nothing. That's deep. You can't do anything without him. Gideon is going to learn it's not about you, Gideon. It's not about who I am. It's about whose I am. And God puts Gideon in the place of impossibility. Just like he'll put you in a place of impossibility. Do you know that God will lead you to the place of impossibility just so you know it's impossible? So you can look to him and he'll say, okay, now all things are possible through me. And you can do that only through me. Because remember, you're in a place of impossibility. It can't happen. You ever get in a situation like that? Am I the only one? Y'all like, oh, man, no, no, bro, no, you're not the only one. I've been in situations where I'm like, God, if you don't do this, this cannot be done. And, 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 and God leads Gideon to that place. So he depends on the Lord. You know, a theologian once said this. He said, if you can explain what's going on in your ministry, then God didn't do it. I love that. If you can explain it. See, I can't explain what's going on here at Calvary Chapel. I, I cannot explain it. I do not know why people come in one service, leave, people fill up another, leave, people come in, fill up another on Sunday morning. I am amazed. I don't know why people are doing it. I don't know what's going on here at Calvary Chapel. I I look at what God has done in my life, and I am amazed. I can't explain it. And, And that's good, because the only explanation is it's God. That, that's it. That's the only explanation. A pastor asked me one time, he drove by on a Wednesday night, and, you know, people come out like you guys are here tonight. I mean, this is a great turnout for a Wednesday night before holidays, and this is wonderful. I'm blessed to see all of you, and, and, and guys come by and drive by, and they'll, they, the one guy, one pastor asked me, he said, so what are you guys doing in there on Wednesday night? I drive by and there's like cars all over and like Sunday morning cars are everywhere. What are you guys doing in there on Wednesday night? What is your secret? I said, what? We're teaching the Bible. He said, is that it? I said, what's wrong with you? What do you want me to tell you? Is that it? I mean, I like a brain freeze when he said that. You ever like get a breath? What do you mean? Is that it? That's all there is. Amen, saints? That, that's it. We don't need the programs and the hype and the dancing bears and people swinging, you know, from the ceiling and stuff. See, if you can explain it, then God didn't do it. That was the work of your flesh. Well, notice, we better get to this or we won't get to chapter 7. Look at this. Look at this. Judges chapter 7, beginning in verse 1. Saints, if you're there, say amen. amen. Then Jerubbabel. Now, the Bible's very clear. It tells us who Jerubbabel is. It's Gideon. That is Gideon. And all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Harad, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Moreh in the valley. 
And the Lord said to Gideon in verse 2, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Why? Lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now, therefore, proclaim, God says, in the hearing of the people, saying, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And get this, you guys, 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. Now, stop right there. Give me your attention. Jeroboam, he was given this name in chapter 6. If you were with us last week, you know that. Gideon was given this name. God had told Gideon to go and save. Remember the word judge means to save. It means a deliverer. It means a hero. And so God told Gideon to go and deliver his people from the hand of the Midianites. And before Gideon would deal with the men of Midian, he had to deal with his own family. He was to go and tear down his father's altars. And God told Gideon, Gideon, your dad is worshiping demons. Your dad has built an altar to the false god Baal. And so Gideon needed to obey the Lord and go tear down his father's altar. He was afraid to do it, but he did it. We'll talk about fear in just a minute. He was afraid to do it. But he did it. He took two men. He tore down his father's altar to Baal. And he did it at night, by the way. That tells us he was definitely afraid to do it because he did it at night. Now, come on. I mean, it's like your dad is your dad is like a, you know, it's kind of interesting. Your dad worships the devil and, you know, and he's got this altar and you've got to go tear it down. And so Gideon was fearful. He was afraid, but he did it anyway. And the next day, the men of the city, after Gideon tore down the altar, the men of the city wanted to kill Gideon. And Joash is his father's name. He says, listen, if Baal is powerful, if Baal is a real God, then let Baal defend himself. And because these men were about to kill his son. So he says, if Baal is powerful, if Baal's a real God, then let Baal defend himself and leave my boy alone. And they did that. And from that day on, Gideon was known. They changed his name, and he was known as Jerubbabel. His name means contender or challenger of Baal. Contender or challenger of Baal. So God is showing Gideon and showing us, before we can be used of the Lord, we have to get our own house in order and get rid of all the false gods. You can't be used of the Lord until you get your own house in order and tear down those gods. There are so many people who talk to me and they say, Rodney, you know, I want to go into ministry. I can't wait to go into ministry. I want to go into ministry. You know, can I encourage you? Can I encourage you? God wants you before you go into ministry and before you can really be used of God in the battle. You have got to untangle yourself with from the affairs of this world. You know, a lot of people want to go into ministry, but they haven't made the disconnection from the world. Paul told Timothy like this, as in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, he said this. He says, no one engages in warfare 
entangles himself with the affairs of this life, but that he may please the one who enlisted him. If you're preparing for ministry, you got to understand that ministry is a battle. Ministry is a constant battle. People think ministry is easy. Well, Pastor Roddy, you got it made. You only work one day a week. I'm like, okay, why don't we start here, okay? Tell you what, you come work here at the church, I give you by noon, you'll be gone. Any given day, by noon, you will be gone. Taking in all of that comes in the front door to ministry as well as whatever happens, by noon, you'll be gone. I work more than one day a week. Anybody in ministry does. And not only that, but when you're not working, guess what you're doing? You're home resting, and, and when you're sleeping, you're doing spiritual warfare. Ministry is a battle. Ministry is a battle. It is a constant battle, a battle for your mind, a battle for your heart, a battle for your attention, a battle for your infections. All the time, there's a battle going on. Ministry is not easy. Being a Christian, you don't even have to be in ministry. Being a Christian is a battle. Let's see. Is there anybody? Okay, good. Now, some of y'all not telling the truth. You're in church, all right? You don't lie in church, all right? Man, it is tough. Serving the Lord. Anybody tell you being a Christian is easy? They're lying. It's not easy. You've got to make that disconnection from the world before God can really use you. If you're entangled in the affairs of this world, you cannot be useful to God. If you want to be used of God, you're going to have to clear your calendar. Clear my calendar? Yeah. You're going to have to make some time for God. Believe it or not, it's true. I want to be used of the Lord. Pastor Rodney, how do I get ministry? Well, just show up. Really? Is that it? Yeah, just, just show up here at the church. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I know I, I'll do it on Tuesday. Yes, I will. Tuesday roll around. Where you at? You see, you got to make time for God. Again, someone once said it like this. God is looking for availability, not necessarily ability. Because if you make yourself available to God, God will give you all the ability you need. He does, and he will. You know, people ask me often, they say, and I want to tell you, and I go on record to say this. Um, I go on record to say I've never been to Bible college. I've never been to seminary. I have not had time to go to Bible college and seminary. I had children to raise, and I had to work and take care of them and put Cheerios on the table. <laughs> Amen. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Cheerios are good, and they're cheap. And I didn't have time to go to Bible college. Who had time to go to seminary? I didn't. But, but what God, I think, wants from us is he wants us to make ourselves available. So I remember many, many days I would just go over to the Calvary Chapel. I was out in California. And if I had time off, I went over to Calvary and just stood there at the reception desk with the secretary, just talking to her or whatever. And they'd say, well, you know, we need to get some lunch. I'll go get it. I ain't doing nothing no way. You know, I'll go get it. And I'd go get, okay, what, Chinese food, you know, egg foo young, and what was that you wanted on there? I took orders. I was like a serious waiter table person. And I'd go get the stuff and come back, just stand there. Well, man, we need to get the children's ministry ready for a church. Okay, I'll do it. Yeah, go grab the vacuum cleaner. Shh, clean up the place, you know, just stand there for whatever. 
whatever. I didn't even want to be a pastor. I didn't want to be a pastor. I had pastor friends. I saw what they went through. That was plenty for me. I didn't want to be a pastor. I wanted to be used of God. And in order to be used of God, you got to clear your calendar. You have to clear your calendar. You can pray about it. Listen to Pastor Rodney, all right? You can pray about it all you want. You can fast. You can cry out to God. Ask for the anointing. But ask the Lord to give you the anointing to take your pen and erase all your appointments on your calendar. And as soon as you do that, God will start using you, using you. Yes, we have to work. Yes, we have to be responsible. But let's be mindful that God wants us not to be entangled with the affairs of this world. And that's what God told Gideon. Gideon, I've got a battle for you, and it's a big one. But before I use you, Gideon, I want you to start at home. I want you to go and be obedient and tear down the altars from your father. Gideon, I want you to get all the idols out of your way. Get them down. Tear down the idols. Gideon, don't worship about it. Gideon, don't sing about it. Gideon, don't, 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 don't. Gideon, don't. Don't do anything, Gideon, but just go and do what I'm telling you to do. And when you do that, Gideon, then you and only then are you ready for the ministry. What idol are you holding on to? What idol are you holding on to? Lay it down. Because God says, I'll have no other gods before me, period. Anything, sports illustrated, sport pornography, internet, whatever it is, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, idol worship, but whatever it might be, you need to lay it down. You got to lay it down. And until you lay it down, you'll never be ready for ministry. Never. And that's what I think God is showing us. As he told Gideon, Gideon, I'm going to use you. Go home. Get the idols down. From, and, you know, dealing with your dad and you're a son, I mean, that's a toughie too. God gave him like a really big challenge because he had to go say, Dad, you know, I love you. And, you know, I respect you, Dad, and everything like that. But, you know, the, the demon worship stuff got to go. And then, I don't know, God, <laughs> it's a small thing, Dad, but got to obey the Lord. And he did. And he did, and he tore down those idols. You know, the Bible says in, in, in Hebrews chapter 12, I love this verse. It says, lay aside, Hebrews 12, 2, it says, lay aside every sin and weight that easily besets you, that you might run with perseverance. I like that. Lay it aside, that literally means to throw it down like a dirty rag. Just, yeah, sin, ah, cast it off. I cast off doubt, and I cast off busyness, and I cast off my time and my space. Lay it down like a dirty rag. That's it, God. Whatever, I'm going to serve you and be free to persevere in this thing called Christianity. Cast it off. Get rid of it. Do it. And God will begin to use you. So Gideon obeys the Lord. And now here in chapter 7, he's ready for the battle. He sounds the trumpet to call the men and prepare to fight the Midianites. He gets up early in the morning and encamp beside the spring of Harod or Harad. That word Harad literally means trembling. I like that because most certainly these guys were trembling because Gideon had a battle before him, and they knew that 
they didn't have the resources to fight this battle. So they're in this place called trembling. They knew they were outnumbered. And before them was this huge battle. And so God says, Gideon, he says, okay, they have 32,000 men in their army. And God says, Gideon, uh, we're going to have a riff. A riff? Yeah, R-I-F, riff. In the military, that's a reduction in force. I remember that. I was a part of the riff. In 1990, I was in the military. If you, you've been in the military, you know. I was a part of that riff. In 1990, the military had a reduction in force. And that's actually how I got out of the Navy, by the way. I don't think I'd tell. 1992? 1992. I went to Saudi in 1990. It was 19... My, my wife is in the audience. Two. Two. You know how exact the ladies are, fellas, you know? She's like, two. Two, man. 1992. And, and I don't know that I tell this part of the story much, but I, I got out of the military because they had this reduction in force and they had, it, uh, they had voluntary and involuntary. And for my particular job, I could voluntarily, if I liked, apply or put in a request to get out of the Navy. And so when they, you know, I fit a certain window, you had to be a certain, you know, category, and I did in a certain rank in certain many years. And so I did, and they had, I had just re-enlisted and moved from California to Scott Air Force Base in Illinois. So they had this reduction in force and voluntary, and I said to my wife, I said, now here I am at 13 years, I said to my wife, I said, maybe I should apply to get out. I don't even know why I thought this. Because now I know, God thing, God thing, but then I didn't know. And I'm like, well, maybe I should just get out the military. And I had just re-enlisted for four years, so this didn't make any sense. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.